Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. That a loss against the Knicks, I see it as a win because that's when we really, you know, understood what we needed to do as a team to to be great. You know, before that, you know, we were really up and down. You know, we played well one game and then uh, suck the next game, and we were really depending on, you know, if we we're gonna make threes or not. And now we we really understood that when we defend and we, we try to be the best defensive team in the league every single night. For some reason, the shots fall, you know, way easier than if we just think about the shots. And, you know, we really uh, could be putting the emphasis on the defense after that loss in New York. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like we've really been uh, getting better and better every single game. That's Rudy Gobert. New York was a turning point, launched this eight-game win streak. Rudy says it's all about focusing on the defense. And the shots fall, PK. And that's the way it'll be until it isn't. Will All right, it be right. tonight? Will the streak get snapped tonight? Or will they push it out further here? We'll have to see. It's 7 o'clock tonight. No, it won't get stopped tonight. I promise you that. Knicks come in. having lost back-to-back games. They're 1-2 and two on their current road trip. Got a, uh, got a win to start it off in Golden State. And then uh, lost to Sacramento and Portland. So, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Chase drives across the timeline with 45 seconds left in the quarter. Crosses over on the dribble. Pulls back. Fires on a step back. Angle left three-pointer right between the eyes. Cha-ching, Thunder money ball. He's been brilliant tonight. Picked off the floor by Draymond. He wants to push. Takes it middle. Backward flip to Curry. Eric, but Curry runs it down. Left hand. Stops. Pops off the dribble. Got it. Achua. And it poked loose. Harden steals it. Achua racing back. Harden will take it to the rim, and he slams it home. Trying to get it in the fridge. LeBron, tough shot. No, Nothing no. too tough for the King tonight. Nothing too tough. <laughs> Jokic looking for a cutter. Down goes Murray. And this is going to be a foul on Murray. I think. Saying that he, that he gave an uppercut. And this could be a, flag, a flagrant on Jamal. If they deem that he went for the Noogies to the Netherlands, that, I mean, this could be an ejection. The man zone, below the belt, the family jewels. Jamal, what are you doing? Everything's on video. You're not getting away with that. Nothing subtle about that. He got kicked out, and then Denver won without him anyway. They beat Dallas. Well, good thing he was not a senator when uh, he said ejection. It could have been all sorts of trouble there. We saw that with insurrection last week when it didn't quite come out the word that he wanted. Uh, so that was close. you got to be careful. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I didn't think it was. I, I wasn't sure it was 100% deliberate. Really, I thought it was. Well, obviously they did too. Yeah. yeah so uh, he got the penalty, the consequence for the action. And we'll see if there's more to come. So yeah, it didn't surprise me that they won without Murray. But man, did you see Doncic's line in that game? Wow, that kid is something. Michael Porter Jr. filled in for Murray, gave him 30 points. How often is he going to do that? I mean, there's there's a high ceiling, lots of expectations, but there have been lots of struggles as well. Yeah, that's – have there been lots of struggles, really? I mean, I know your boy likes to talk about that, uh, but they're 3-0 and since he's come back from injury. 
or was it COVID? I forget which one it was. Just since uh, he's back. I'm not sure which one it was, but they 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 are three and zero since he returned to the lineup. Doncic, 35 points, 11 rebounds, 16 assists. Yikes. <laughs> and four steals. Hit every single one of his free throws. So, Big stat line for him. Uh, you heard the James Harden highlight in there. The Nets beat the Heat, but the uh, the Heat were shorthanded. They were, they were missing Jimmy Butler and half their rotation. So Nets get that. And then the LeBron just went off. He goes back to Cleveland. Goes for 46 points, shoots 73% from the floor and 63% from three. He made it look really easy, PK. He continues to marvel. Under the theory, you know, you got to find something to fuel, fire you up. He said he was fueled by Cavaliers executive Jason Hillman, who celebrated LeBron missing a third-quarter buzzer beater. Quote, he was really excited about me missing the shot, a little bit more extra than I would have liked. So I knew I had another quarter, and the fourth quarter is my favorite. Anything to fire you up, right? Well, that's why I think that this Shaquille O'Neal thing, the Jazz need to use to their advantage. And I'm writing about that. We'll post it here this morning at KSL. Uh, You don't let this opportunity go to waste. You know, this was a team for the Jazz. I guess we can get to it uh, if you want later on. Uh, And Shaq went off to the Jazz some more after Mitchell some more in an Instagram post. So... Put that up on Facebook if we get to that. I've got some some pretty, what I think is pertinent comments. Others may disagree. And they're my comments, so I think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me, people. I'm about to unleash the genius. Yeah, so I was thinking about it uh, once I saw that post some uh, at some point last night. I've been thinking about it. I was, you know, I usually wake up three or four times a night. And I was thinking about it uh, throughout the night. Thinking about it this morning. So I'm excited to, to say it. Probably won't have near the effect that I think it will, but I I think it's pretty doggone good. All right, we will get to that coming up. Uh, Elsewhere in the NBA, the Warriors, after getting blown out by the Jazz, the Warriors are back in the win column. They beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 130-108. to Steph Curry had 36. They took Wiseman out of the starting line at PK. Played him a little coming off the bench, but uh, changing his role. Actually, he played, uh, at least statistically, that game was on television. I was watching some of that. Uh, he played. Wiseman played okay at 13 points, coming off yep. the bench. And it is the Wolves, and Wolves are really shooting. They're pro- they're probably going to be really good next year, but right now they're, I don't know, is it the Utes or the Wolves are going to be good next year? I, I can't remember. Uh, but uh, you expect the Warriors to be able to do that. Minnesota still shorthanded. Carl Anthony Towns out after testing positive for COVID, so yeah. they're not good with him. And then you take away that firepower, and well, there you go. Then you had the classic Ricky Rubio line, 11 assists and one field goal. Yeah, I saw a story. He's really brought the fun back to Minnesota with all his passing. Well, that's what he can do. That's that why is, he's been in the league. Yep, that's, that is what he does. <laughs> he can't shoot, never could, never I will. Just, I saw it at 4-12. I don't know how much fun it's been, but dead last in the West right now. Battle in Detroit for the worst record in the NBA. Thunder beat the Blazers 125 to 122. Portland uh, running fifth in the West now. Denver has uh, climbed into the fourth spot in the West, two and a half games behind the Jazz. So, Delon Wright, the former Ute, what a line! 28 points, seven rebounds, nine assists. The Pistons beat the Sixers 119 to 104. That is the worst in the East. The Pistons beating the best in the East, the Sixers. 
15 takes down one. Uh, yeah, without Embiid, though. And today marks the one-year anniversary of the untimely death of Lakers legend Kobe Bryant and his daughter, along with seven others in the helicopter crash in Los Angeles. If you hop on Twitter or uh, a website, you'll see a lot of stuff on the one-year anniversary. I think everybody's going to remember where they were when they got the news. I was on the 10th fairway at Sand Hollow when I got the news. Uh, just picked up my phone and, and saw that, TMZ, and then just uh, hoped it wasn't true, but figured this isn't going to be good. And obviously, yeah, it's not. It's been one year later, and uh, it's just as awful as it was then. I can only imagine the pain and the heartache that the uh, family is uh, still going through. I. I can't say, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. I can only imagine. DJ and PK. Before we get to the oh, we, but what? before we get out of here, uh, the Clippers are supposed to shorthanded uh, uh, Leonard and uh, George as they begin a six-game road trip. Contact tracing. So I don't know if they're going to show up for the second or third game, or if they're going to end up missing more on this road trip. They didn't make the trip. They're not on the plane. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't go. So we'll see if they catch up with the team, or when they catch up with the team, or if they miss the whole trip, or how this plays out. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Bean on the left wing, trying to drive, cut off, hands over to Kata. Back to Anthony. He launches the long three and knocks it down from the right wing. Hamilton on the right side. Down low, John wide open. Kata blocks it. John gets the rebound up, misses the second attempt. Kata with four block shots on the night. Jenkins cross-court pass stolen by Anthony. Anthony bounced pass to Bean. Bean lays it up and in. And it's a five-point game. 102 left. There are some highlights of made baskets, which were pretty hard to find, but nonetheless, highlights of made baskets as Utah State loses to UNLV 59-56. That was 22-20 in the second half, and PK, that was some bad basketball. That was not good. Well, usually we define good basketball as shots going in the basket, and that's it. He had a good night. Well, that meant he shot the ball well. Uh, yeah, they were stuck on 43 for a good long while. And then, my gosh, that would have been the ultimate implosion by Vegas. Uh, two turnovers. Uh, the dunks. Four. So you had two. Uh, as you're watching that, I'm thinking, get the ball ahead, man. Get the ball over the top. Because they seem like uh, the Aggies had everybody in the backcourt as they're pressing. And twice they go long. One, he misses a wide-open dunk. And then the other one, I thought instead of calling traveling, I thought the refs were going to hold up cards, uh, 10, 9, or whatever. It looked like a dunk contest. You took off from the free uh, free throw line, but the problem is you don't <laughs> you don't mix in a dribble there. <laughs> then they had a turnover in the front court. They had a turnover in the back court. They had a travel that was uncalled with 18 seconds to go, or something like that. The last possession, uh, you know, everybody can line up around the three point line. I thought the next to last possession mm-hmm. was the opportunity to tie the game. And they got they, they got fouled and. They drove it. I thought maybe they should have tried because they were running out of clock, and they used a bunch of clock to get to that point. To get to the free throw line, yeah. Yeah. Bad loss for Utah State. They got to play another one with uh, UNLV, and they'll play again tomorrow night. Marco Anthony led the Aggies. He had 18 points in the loss, and they were hard to come by. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 
the big advantage is uh, you know we stay in our own beds and sleep here and just do our normal routines nothing's nothing's out of the ordinary until we hit the media sessions next week uh but everything else just to be able to stay in your routine sleep in your bed and all that stuff is is it's i think it's a huge advantage that's bruce arians right there head coach of the tampa bay buccaneers they don't have to travel the first team that gets to play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium, although there are other teams that have played in their uh, in their city or in their metropolitan area. So It's meaningless. The Chiefs, here's meaning, the Chiefs are going to be without their first string offensive tackles. Left tackle Eric Fisher lost due to a torn Achilles in the AFC title game. They had good shots of him on the bench, Andy Reid going over and talking to him. and Now right tackle Mitchell Schwartz, ongoing back injury. He's been out since week six. Head coach Andy Reid says the hopes of Schwartz making a return for the game are slim. Well, that's so. a significant thing. This too, the, I'm so sick of the cliche, sleep in our own beds. Hmm. I mean, it, the, the Chiefs aren't going to get to uh, Tampa until like Thursday before the game. So for two nights, they don't get to sleep in their own bed. Oh, my gosh. How are they going to handle it? And, and even the media session isn't going to be what the media session was. No, no, the media no, no, Zoom not, session, not on the floor of the stadium with people all around you. It's all watered down. Yeah. And they're going to stay in a five-star hotel, so their beds are probably better than the beds that they have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always hear that sleep in their own beds. Like, oh, brother. I could, I could argue being at home offers distraction. Yep. You hear teams bond when they're out on the road, blah, blah, blah. So Arians has got to – got to go with the cliché. And that, that's who you are, and that, that's that's what you need to say. So, I don't think anything that's like that's going to matter. I do think the Chiefs losing one star All Pro, and then maybe be down two offensive linemen. Obviously, that's significant. Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta said the franchise could strike a long-term extension with quarterback Lamar Jackson this off-season. Two sides expected to meet soon. He could command about forty million per season. Former NFL MVP, ready to hit it big and come off that rookie contract. How many losers are there in pro sports, PK? Approximately zero. Lamar Jackson for the win. Former NFL wide receiver Martavius Bryant, who has not played in the league since 2018 due to an indefinite suspension resulting from multiple drug policy violations, is signed with the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL to resume his career. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Ah, PK, it's time to regale us with stories of people who've been hired away inside a conference. Cal is hiring Oregon co-defensive coordinator Keith Hayward for the same role he had with the Bears, or with the Ducks. Uh, The Ducks hired Tim DeRoyer off the Bears staff to become their primary defensive coordinator, replacing Andy Avalos, who took the Boise State head coaching job. So they're switching. It's like a trade. That's what it amounts to, sure. Yeah. Alabama is hiring the former uh, Buffalo Bills and Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, Doug Marone, who's also a college coach at Syracuse. He's going to be the new offensive line coach with the Crimson Tide. Well, since we're going college football, the Sun Devils hire Chris Claiborne, USC stud linebacker, to be their linebackers coach, adding another former NFL guy. To their staff. Another guy can go tra- out and recruit and say, I made it to the NFL. I'll show you how to do it. If I'm the trainer and I didn't work in the NFL, I'm worried. I'm putting my house up for sale. Hmm. <laughs> you might not get fired, just, you know, get transferred and work with, uh, you know, tennis and cross country. And Well, 
they've got to be able to tell the recruits, hey, our training staff, we trained Michael Irvin. We trained Michael Irvin. (laughs) Whatever it might be. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Baseball Hall of Fame ballot reveal day. Hopefuls will learn if they will be immortalized in Cooperstown. Kurt Schilling only missed by 20 votes, making the Hall last year. Uh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Gary Sheffield, Manny Ramirez, among the so-called PED guys who are on the ballot this year. Who do you think's getting in, PK? Got any predictions? Or it'll just all be a surprise. I was watching uh, MLB Network yesterday, and it really caught my attention. They were talking about Hank Aaron, and I always thought, you know, we keep hearing about all these letters that Hank got that were racist-driven, and what about all the incredible support that he did get? How come that's never mentioned? And they had the curator, one of these guys, and they're going through the actual exhibit, for Hank Aaron, and this is a little beside the fact, but it, to me, it, I thought it was important. And they asked, so they, you know, they had his uniform when he hit the home run, all that stuff. And, and we, you know, traditionally, what's in the Hall of Fame, the bat, and whatever. And uh, they had, uh, they asked him for uh, a couple of the letters. They wanted to post the letters that the hate mail that he got. He said, "I'll give it to you on one condition." And he said, "What's that? That you post a couple of the positive ones that I got." He said, because I got overwhelmingly amount positive. Doesn't take away or lessen or diminish the absolute, unfortunate, ridiculous, unacceptable hate mail. But he said, I got a bunch of positive too, and I want that to be displayed. And I always thought, how come we never hear about that? And Hank himself, he insisted that that be put in the exhibit. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, that he, And that was by his declaration and he demanded it so and the guy was talking about that he was just going on about Hank Aaron and the whole thing was a part of the Hall of Fame which is why they were in the Hall of Fame in the first place and I'm sure they had planned that and then of course with Hank's passing the other day they put that in there and then they went in on shilling and he had that what's that one little dude you see him on Fox and he's always has a bow tie yeah I know who you're talking about uh can't yeah. think of his name. I can see him. And, and so he's talking about how character is, they're supposed to vote on that. But, you know, and the PEDs are something separate. And the, the point I'm making is I believe Schilling should be in. Well, if you go, and he has been extremely right, right wing, right? You can't, you can't argue his political allegiance or where he leans. You can argue whether it's justified, but it's clear he is way to the right. There's no doubt about it. How much should that play in? To me, he was a big game pitcher. Give him the ball in the biggest of games, and he would deliver. He may not have the career total wins and whatnot, but he helped two teams win World Series that had never won before, and obviously the Diamondbacks were barely existing, so that doesn't really count. It's more about what he did with Boston uh, multiple times and, and all that stuff. So, in my mind, he should get in. Because we heard just recently... And one of our guys tweeted out, thank you for doing more than just uh, for not shutting up and just dribbling. That became the thing. All right. Well, that's probably because the stuff that they said when they didn't shut up uh, aligned with your political views. So you think that's great. Now, I personally think, fine, say whatever you want. I couldn't care less what LeBron's political opinions are, as long as they're responsible 
I'm good to go. It doesn't. I don't care what athletes think politically. They don't. They. They're just basketball players or whatever players to me. I don't have a problem with that. But what about Schilling over here? How much should his political views keep him out of the hall? I don't think they should. No, I don't think they should either. But people have their grudges or their feelings, and you don't see everybody's ballot. And people, I don't know, unaccountable. I guess I don't know. I don't know that I would read everybody's ballot if they revealed it anyway. So I, I don't know. So I think that it can because people can just do whatever they want. You know, the career numbers argument, that's going to be interesting going forward because the game was played one way for a long time. And so you had these numbers that mattered. But guys aren't going to get complete games when shutouts. We know that. But guys aren't going to get yeah, I don't wins think anybody cares either. About that okay, but guys aren't going to get wins either because they're getting pulled after the fifth or sixth inning at a game they might win. Well, I now they get no decision recent. because somebody gives up a run in the seventh or eighth. I, I think that's very recent. I can actually argue the other way, that they got more wins because of the DH that the old-timers didn't get because they don't get taken out of the game. Well, they don't get as many wins because they don't get as many starts because everybody has five-man rotations instead that's of four. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. For for sure, that's different. I just think hey. that comparing the stats across eras is always tricky, and I think obviously we know why it's tricky in baseball. The game has changed. You know? And baseball is the most historically stat-oriented sport right. we have. And so comparing what somebody did in 2000 to 1970 is iffy, but comparing what somebody does in 2020, when we get to that point, I mean, the active guys obviously aren't on the ballot, but what someone did in 2020 to 2000 is also going to be weird. I mean, I'm looking at his numbers now. He did have three 20-win seasons. You know, Sutton had one, but Sutton had one in an era when a lot of guys, well, I don't want to say a lot, but there were a lot more 20-game winners because there were still four-man rotations and all of that. Well, he got 300 plus He got to 300, wins. yeah. That's, that's way Right, great. and Schilling also uh, pitched a long time. He pitched until he was 40. But 216 wins, he didn't come near 300. You know, are, are you just going to look at career ERA then? Or are you going to look at uh, some of the other stats? I mean, even though strikeout I'm going to look ratio, at what he did in big games. So you got to be on good teams then. Because if we just look at what Mike Trout does in big games, he's not getting in the hall. And obviously Mike Trout's getting in the hall. Well, it's not one rule applies to everybody, no. That's totally different. Mike Trout will get in the hall because he's a Hall of Fame player. Schilling, I because he doesn't have the career stats, if he has the career stats, then it's a no-brainer. But the reason why I put him in is because he was a big-game pitcher. Sure, obviously, he played for a big-money team, and really both at the time. Yeah, great. Okay, fine. Others didn't do it. But it's not like, well, Trout's not going to get in because he hasn't played on uh, big in big playoff games. Two different. The standard doesn't. The same standard doesn't apply to everyone across the board. I saw an, an interview Schilling did when uh, he first went to Boston. Somebody asked him about the jinx. He's like, "There's no jinx. Haven't been good enough. We need to be good enough. There's none of that. There's no none of that." Set the tone, and then he went out and won. Uh, Players Association has turned down the latest MLB proposal for a universal designated hitter and expanded playoff format to become a permanent fixture in the sport. Thought they wanted the universal designated hitter. Well, surprise, they're turning it down. Well, they. it depends on what the other side wants. Yeah. If the other side wants to help old ladies across the crosswalk, <laughs> we're against it. It sounds like the issue is that they're thinking about one group of players benefiting while other players don't in a way. So that's where the rub is. 
What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Brian Mahoney covers the Knicks, the Nets, and the NBA for the Associated Press. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. Ben Anderson, jazz writer for KSLSports.com. Coming up at 9 o'clock, PK, the deep thoughts that he mulled over all night as he woke up. Coming up next. Stay with us. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. All right, PK. You're mulling this over. Shaq, it goes on and on. It's not just a TV show. Now he's on Instagram posting. And it got you thinking all night long. All night long. I had the exact same thought. Yeah, I knew, I knew when I said that. <laughs> yeah, triggered him. I'm sure I triggered him with that. Like it was immediate. <laughs> so Shaq has a picture back in the young days when he's much skinnier and much less tatted up. It's him and Anthony Hardaway in the foreground. And interestingly, between them, with his back to him, look like he's listening to a coach, is a picture of number 42 for the Orlando Magic. And you know who wore number 42 in those days? Would that be Horace Grant? That would be Larry Kristoviak. Ah, okay. <laughs> so you see, it looks like Larry's listening to a coach, and Shaq and Penny Hardaway are coming back out on the court, right? And he has the caption, this is what greatness at the guard position looks like. I played with the best ever to do it. You know I know what best look like. So, to me, it's a freaking another shot at Donovan Mitchell. Right? I mean, this was posted one day ago. So, did I? that's the way I took it. And when I saw it, there's over uh, 700,000 likes. And there's over 4,000 comments. And if you read, obviously, I'm not going to read 4,000 comments, but <laughs> I just glanced at it and looked at the ones that came up on my screen. They're referencing, why do you got to go after Mitchell like that? Okay, Hardaway was a, was a great player. I mean, eventually he got derailed by injury, although I don't know that he was a, a shooter. And I don't know right now, not at the end of his career, but right now I don't know that I would take Hardaway over Mitchell. Hardaway, obviously, Hardaway's career is done. Mitchell's is just basically barely beginning. But especially in today's game, I'm pretty sure I take Mitchell, even though he's given away six, seven inches. That's just me. Others would think otherwise. I think it, you, if you have guards who can't shoot, they'll, they'll never be more exposed than they are right now in today's game. And obviously, Mitchell can shoot and shoot very well, and he can do a whole lot of things very well. I would take Mitchell on that. But the point is Shaq is not going to back down. And... Thank you, Shaq, for giving us topics for first. <laughs> and secondly, if you believe something, uh, you know, and it's not 
we're not we're not uh, discussing world issues here, right? So uh, it's not that big of a deal. But if you believe it, and you're not going to back down from it, fine. I respect it. I mean, I just I could disagree with it, uh, but at least I, I can respect that you're going to hold true to your opinion. But it's clear to me you just brought up the LeBron and some whomever snickered at him when he missed a shot in the third quarter. It was so, a Cavaliers executive, yeah. yeah. And LeBron, he goes off in the fourth quarter and scores 46 points, and they win the ball game, and he goes home to Cleveland in the area anyway. And so he uses that motivation. And we know the greatest of all time, or the recognized greatest of all time, Michael Jackson, or Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan would use any hey, ploy Jackson's possible. a goat, too. Uh, well, he's very good, obviously. Other issues, though. But, uh, you know, he used the slightest of slights as a motivational ploy. Even made them up, as we found out in the documentary. So I think that the Jazz should rally around this. And here's where I think it's important. Just about nine, eight, nine months ago, we were told that this franchise was about to implode because its two stars couldn't get along. And then we were told the two stars, the relationship was unsalvageable. That's what we were told, right? By reputable people in the field of journalism, unnamed, of course, that's the way journalism is today. You either have to take a side left or right, and then you tell us a bunch of unnamed sources told you. That's the status of journalism. Of today, I think it's weak, but nevertheless, that's what we have. Uh, a a, uh, a leading uh, uh, illustrator, I should say, in town saw on Twitter where he put that Fox News are responsible for murderers. That's what passes as journalism today. As someone, and we would all recognize the name, he's still currently employed. And uh, so you have to take a side, and then you back it up with sources. But nevertheless, that's what we were told. And to me, the Jazz ought to use this. They have a common enemy in Shaq and Kenny and Charles. I don't think use it to your advantage. I don't. I think it's. A, I think that's a done deal. I, I think it will be used. I think it sticks. Uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, was he second year? Maybe, maybe I'm off a little bit. But there, I think it was in Detroit. And there was some heckler who got on him, and he he goes off, and then there's you the meme this. that's out there. You, you did, did this. this. Yeah. You did this. So he hears. It motivates him. The cool thing is that was one heckler at one game one day. This is a guy who's going to be on network TV over and over, and this is about how good he's going to be in the playoffs. So this is going to have legs in a way that most stuff doesn't. You know, LeBron was mad for one night in Cleveland, but you only play Cleveland twice a year. This is going to be different. Okay, and I think they should. And Joe can tell us, I don't know, I guess, to, are we allowed to just spell out swear words and we're good to go now? Joe can, you and I can't. Okay. Uh, there's, there's different rules for different people. Yes, do not spell it out, PK. Plus, oh, I think, yeah. plus I think Yak went to work on that. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I was... Nevertheless, he did it. Mm-hmm. He did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the status. One guy can tweet something and face suspension, and another guy can tweet a picture of his anatomy, and there's no problem didn't face anything but uh so whatever stature you have so you can get away with it and here it's clear he says that uh, they don't give a bleep well you say it with such strong emotion that dick indicates that yes you do give a bleep and that's fine you should give a bleep but use it to your advantage man never let this 
opportunities slide by. I think that it's going to bring the team even closer. And they keep telling us how close they are. But nevertheless, they were also told the relationship just a few short months ago was unsalvageable. So there must have been something there, unless these other guys are just completely and totally making it up. I doubt they were. somebody in the organization must have told them that they thought the relationship was unsalvageable. And it looked like they were about to combust. Oh, no, you're two stars. And we've seen that. It wouldn't have been the first time that some guys couldn't get along and they had to make changes. Uh, so Shaq here and, it's good. Shaq and Kobe. You don't have to go very far. Yeah, well, on and on. And here it's use it to bring you guys closer. Use it to your advantage. And now, was it just a coincidence? Then, then the next uh, ensuing game, they go out to a 14 to nothing lead and then lead by 30 at halftime? Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, but come on. Let's, Mitchell, show us what you got. One of the legends has called you out and in the process called out your team. You're not good enough. Yeah, you're a nice team and all. Nice little team. You should have said that. But you're not really good enough to do it when it matters. Oh, man. Post that in the weight room. Post this Instagram thing in the weight room, in the training facility. Go college on us. Why not? (laughs) Bulletin board material. Yeah. So a couple things off of this. One. It's always two things with you. Yes. <laughs> might be three, though, in this case. I might have picked the wrong couple, number. You said a couple. That's I two. I did. I just I said I might have said the wrong thing. What are we even arguing about now, Shaq? Originally, it was, you know, are they really a contender? Is there any way that they could beat the Clippers and Lakers? I thought that was the original question. So really the question is, is Donovan good enough to be the best player on a team that takes down a team where the best player is LeBron, or the best player is Kawhi Leonard, guys who have multiple teams. Shaq says no. Okay, Did, why? Then Penny Hardaway. This is what greatness looks like. Penny didn't win a title. Penny went to one final, and he had Shaq. Shaq was the best player on the team. Now Penny did make All NBA first team twice, That's and he good. certainly had injuries shorten his career. Yeah, but we'll acknowledge that. Okay, he had two playoff runs with Shaq, and he won one other playoff series. Now, maybe you put it on the injuries, so that's the escape hatch on this. But it's like, why, why are you holding Penny Hardaway up as this is the example of greatness? There are a lot of guards who you could hold up as any, guys who've been to the because finals. he didn't play with them, though. Right. So this is just about who you like. It's like there's no basis in NBA history or in fact, like this is a guy who got it done in the postseason. And they got the finals one time, and they got swept by Houston. And then they lost to Jordan, and a lot of people lost to Jordan. And he won one other playoff series. He had two playoff runs. And the other series he won, he was on the Suns team that beat the Spurs when Tim Duncan didn't play because he sat out a, a postseason with a knee problem. Uh-huh. So it's not like this is a sterling postseason resume. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's more about Mitchell than it is okay, Hardaway. So if you were going to compare him to a guard that – Shaq played with, it'd be Dwayne Wade, the guy who he literally has been compared with since draft comparisons, pre-draft and draft night stuff. Well, when he didn't have LeBron and Shaq, he wasn't winning titles. He won three titles with those guys, one with Shaq and, and then the two with LeBron. But in a prime of his career, he was going down the first round and was a seven and eight seed, and they were struggling to get in the playoffs. Is that on him, though? 
Well, if you're going to hold a star player accountable and say someone's not good enough, I mean, if he was good enough to be the best player on the team and ask him to do this, then they would have done it. I don't really think it is on him anymore, and I think it's on Mitchell, so why are you attacking Mitchell right now? When you ask these smaller guys to go out and dominate bigger guys, most of the time they don't do it. It's obvious. It's, it's overwhelming in NBA history. There's a few exceptions, and those guys get held up. You know, rightly so. It's, it's really hard to do. You know, so it seems like the goalposts are moving all over the field here, and they're not just getting moved back 10 yards. They're getting moved over to the sideline. They're in the tunnel going up to the locker room. They're all over the place. And maybe he didn't have a picture of him and Dwayne Wade uh, <laughs> like he had with Hardaway. And maybe he didn't want to put a picture of himself. It's called Google because Images. Because he looked, looked fatter. Whereas uh, in, when he was with uh, Orlando. He was sleek. He was much, yeah, he really was. He was still big, obviously. He was huge. Not but as big he as he was in L.A. No. I mean, he was just enormous. He was a mountain of a man when he was with the Lakers later on. His career is probably like 50 pounds more, and he was almost like a sprinter's body in a seven-footer, mm-hmm. if you can imagine that. It's somewhat of a dichotomy there, but he was much sleeker and thinner. Maybe he wanted to see a picture of himself then. I actually don't like that. I don't like to see pictures of myself that's thinner. I'd rather <laughs> see pictures of myself that's fatter. <laughs> I what feel is wrong better. with you? <laughs> Although my, my weight really hasn't varied in uh, more than like 10, 15 Maybe 10 pounds in my pretty much the last 30 years, but nevertheless, uh, especially in your face, you can see it. Yeah. Your face is a little less rounder. It's uh, more thin. So uh, maybe that's something to it. But if that's what he believes, though, I think he has the, he has the right to say it and the right to do it. I don't think that we should – all the stuff of holding Mitchell up as an example of all that's right in the NBA. you got to be really careful on that. Because then you're asking the guy to be almost like a perfect citizen. And if he should stumble, then it looks really bad. If he should stumble, he should be treated as most human beings are treated when they make a mistake. And I don't know that he's going to make a mistake publicly. But I'd be a little hesitant to get it's The whole thing about, oh, his parents, they must have raised him well. How, about, how do the parents feel whose kids didn't turn out great? Does that make them complete and total losers? Well, because you can't if, – if over here his parents did a great job because he's just this phenomenal human being, well, if you've got a crummy human being over here, then that's got to be the parents' fault. And obviously that's a sensitive topic there, particularly with me. And so that, that I would really back off that and just stick to what I see out on the floor uh, and, and go to that and keep it to the basketball realm. Uh, and just go with that. And if Shaq believes that, I may not be fine with it, but I have to endorse his right to believe that, don't I? Yeah, I just think it would be easier for Jazz fans to handle if he'd say what I think a lot of people think, which is he's not, he's not good enough to do that. Nobody's good enough to take LeBron down. LeBron's doing this unless he gets hurt. Well, I think, no, at some point, age will catch, to, catch up. Right, to but I, I mean, the, yes, but this, this is the year that's in front of us. Uh, sure, but and if we don't know. As I said we, yesterday, if Mitchell wins a title in 2027, who cares? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and what super team is going to be formed, and, you know, it's just so hard to know in the NBA now. And I think that the we might, I don't know this, that's why I use the word think and might. Maybe in 10 years, we can look back and reevaluate the little man's place in the game. And maybe because of the way the game has going. And will go, I would imagine, 
that it will allow the smaller man to flourish if he has the skill set. And Mitchell clearly has the skill set. I don't think anybody could argue that. And with the way the game has gone, maybe that'll change, which will be better for the game because it'll be more about skill rather than just almost exclusively physical dimensions combined with skill. I think that there's a chance that happens, but there's a part of me that says, you just want to believe that, dude. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. At, the, yeah. end, at right. the end, it'll be like the Utah State game last night. A smaller yeah. guy tried to shoot a three, and a bigger guy knew he had to shoot a three, and he's out at the three-point line to block the shot. <laughs> he played it well. He didn't give him a chance to throw Yeah, I mean, that's one body. final possession. You it got is. me on that. It is. It's just one. It's just one. But it's, you know, the bigger guys are shooting the three, too, and, you know, it's just Durant and Nowitzki shoot like six-footers, but they're seven-footers. And you defend them as well as you can, but they just rise up right over you. They can see the rim, and when they yeah, do that, they Yeah, but has Mitchell's lack of height impeded his offensive production? Maybe to a degree, but I don't think that much. Not that much, or you wouldn't be scoring, you know, 25 points every time you turn around. Uh, but... You know, in key situations in the biggest moment when everybody's coming for you, if you can jump over them, yeah, you're doubled. But, I mean, Magic Johnson got doubled, and you saw it. He got doubled a lot in his career, and he passed or shot over the top of it because he was bigger than everybody. But I don't think you can go back to that. That's my whole point. The game has changed dramatically. You keep going back to the past, which is all you can go back to, <laughs> but I want to go bo- forward. Will that be different guys, now? You got me back then. Guys That's never still, going to change. Guys will still get doubled. And if they're bigger, they will rise up and shoot or pass over the top of the double team. How about if you're quicker and you get around them? Well, I can't say you can't do it because uh, Steph, Steph Curry has titles and he was smaller. And LeBron was bigger. Now the mm-hmm. team is loaded. Uh, yeah. But they got one before they got Durant. You know, yeah, and, and he and sure. Clay Thompson, uh, you know, that, was that, that two-year run before they got Durant was sensational. They mm-hmm. only got the one title. You yeah. know, and, and even Draymond Green... He's bigger, but he's not, he's not that big. You know, he's, he's still undersized for what they ask him to do, and he, he got it done. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Brian Mahoney covers the Knicks, the Nets, and the NBA for AP. He's going to be by in about 15 minutes, and we'll run all of this by him. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The Miami Heat have now decided to open up their doors and they are going to be allowing about 2,000 fans to come in. They have brought in multiple coronavirus sniffing dogs. Wait a minute. You mean serious? COVID sniffing dogs? Yes. I don't know, man. Like, I would have a hard time, like, if that dog, you know, starts barking out, COVID, COVID. Like, I'm like, no, I'm fine. I feel fine. But the dog says you have it. And, like, they're like, no, you can't come into the game. See, I think you and I would be fine because we'd be holding two hot dogs in each hand. And... (laughs) (laughs) Fido, what do you smell? I don't know. It's like a creamy habanero sauce. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJ and, the P- DJ and PK in the morning brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. PK, I just got distracted reading something about college football. I just read something that I knew would irritate you beyond belief. <laughs> You don't like to refer to division champions. There's conference champions, but a division, you're just a winner. You're not a champion. 
<laughs> Correct. Yeah. And now I just division. now I just reading this story about the future of bowl games and the playoffs and history and tradition and how it all could work out and how it might be altered going forward. And they're going through this year with the fact there were only 25 games played. And Mississippi State's final 4-7 record becomes the worst ever by a bowl champion. <laughs> they're a champion a, for winning a bowl? No, no, it's a bowl winner. You can't be a bowl champion. I'd rather have a division champion than a bowl champion. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Stop that. All right. I got distracted. I'm sorry. That wasn't what I I don't know that I've assigned the word champion to bowl winner. Right. Uh, Jonathan Tabernary, the former Cougar, tweeted at us during the break. Hey, does all this mean if the Jazz win the championship that Shaq gets a ring? That's a good question, JT. And I would say, yes, it should be an exact replica, but plastic. Hey, JT, call in. No, I think what happens is that uh, he gets a ring on the telephone. Joe Ingles calls him up and says, bleep you. (laughs) Or, and it's funny because, you know, Joe, Joe's an emotional guy, right? We see it out on the floor, right? He plays and feeds Mm -hmm. off emotion. It's who he is. And that's great. If that's what gets him going, that's awesome. And obviously, MJ, that's what got him going. You know, each guy is different. Well, Conley, then they bring him on the other day. And Conley's been in the league a long time. He's, what, 32, 33 years of age? And he doesn't play and feed off, at least physically or demonstratively, off emotion. And so he says, you know, we try to keep things in-house and what, but don't get caught up. But we hear things, things leak out. And, you know, he always calls him Don. Don will use this as a motivation, so I'm thankful for this happening. And he says it in such a low-key style. That's who Conley is. So some guys react differently, and they all have their own ways of communicating and their own disposition. But the thing about it is when Conley is saying that this could be worked for the good and says it so matter-of-factly, non-emotionally, makes me actually think it's more lasting as opposed to Joe, who's a much more a demonstrative emotional guy that at some point that burns out a little bit quicker, whereas Conley says it as a matter of fact, I think it actually has more staying power. <laughs> Jill says Shaq gets nothing. <laughs> Drawn the hard line. Not even a plastic ring from the bottom of the cereal box. You know, if this happens, and if, uh, particularly if it happens this year, which I don't think is totally out of the question, I know, wow, it would be a dream come true for so many of us and so many of you, I should say. I'm speaking of the hardcore jazz fan who lives and dies by them, and that's great. That's what a fan should do. That's what they're about if that's what you're inclined to do. But, man, if it should happen, that would be the ultimate (laughs) (laughs) you-know-what. All right, DJ and PK coming up next. Brian Mahoney covers the Knicks, Nets, and NBA for the Associated Press. He'll join us with the Jazz playing the Knicks tonight. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.